Using art to help people who've suffered mental or physical trauma, that's the ambition of Wellington-based visual artist and poet Maisie Chilton. She knows full well the power of art to heal. Maisie has cerebral palsy and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, following an assault. Creating her own art has helped her through some tough times, including facing repressed trauma. Maisie is one of this year's young artists who've been shoulder-tapped by the Arts Foundation. She was offered a springboard award, which includes a mentorship, in her case, with visual artist Julia Morrison. And she's about to unveil an exhibition called Where Does It Hurt? There's a gallery of Maisie's art on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. I was curious to find out if writing and painting have always gone hand-in-hand for her. I'm actually quite new to both. I only started painting in 2016 my mum passed away and she was an artist and an art teacher Um, and up until then I'd never thought that I could paint I'd always felt really compelled to but I'd because of my disability I'd sort of think well I can't paint my hands are quite shaky I never got my pen license I couldn't colour inside the lines as a child Um, so I was quite put off by that and so I'd, I'd always really feel an urge to paint and think oh well you can't you, you know you won't be able to so I wouldn't and then when my mother passed away one of her students reminded me that she had always said that painting isn't an innate talent it's a learned skill and that anyone can paint so I started in terms of writing that came even later I loved writing as a child. I wrote a lot poetry and stories, but I hadn't even tried to write since I was a teenager. And then I started writing only really maybe two or three years ago now. It took over my life to a certain extent. I was lucky in that I met some women who were writing and very passionate about it and very passionate about creating a community of people who were writing poetry specifically and that sort of sucked me in and once I started I got the same feeling that I had when I started painting I remember thinking how have I survived not doing this all this time Um, and then when I started writing poetry I felt the same way again but so they haven't always gone hand in hand and that I haven't always really done them Um, but it goes in waves, like sometimes I'll be painting a lot and not writing a lot, and other times it'll be the opposite, but um, my process with all of my art is very, very driven by my mental space at the time and experience in life, and so I wouldn't consider it to be overly planned. I when I write poems it's because I need to um, because I'm struggling with something usually and I want to find a way to express it that's usually the same with painting for me so it's quite unpredictable. You're writing often about about healing. I think healing is something mm. amazingly very important to you. Mm. Yeah, so my both my writing and my painting processes are about healing a lot of it is to do with trauma I think for me I usually create art when I'm in my worst head faces so and I think I'm lucky in that as a child because I was surrounded by so much art I 
have learned this really wonderful tool that if I'm really struggling and I'm really pushing against whatever I'm feeling that I don't want to feel and I feel like I can't cope with it, my go-to is to think, well, how can I externalise this? How can I create something either writing or with paint by using space and light that gets what I'm feeling out into something physical. And positive, too, yeah. in a way. Well, I suppose it is in the sense that there's a lot of... Well, you get that sense of... I, I want to say satisfaction or productivity when you create something, and so it's sort of... I guess there's that. I guess that's a bonus. But I think it's just putting something outside of yourself and creating something that mirrors how you feel and what you think. That's the most important thing for me. I think other people's reactions to it or experiences of it when they see it or read it is secondary to me. I've quite often heard people say, oh, well, when I read this poem or when I saw this painting, I thought this and it's something completely other than what I intended and that doesn't bother me at all because I'm not really overly concerned with the, the way it's perceived the main thing to me is the process. I'm very process-focused, so art-making is healing to me, so I suppose a lot of what I do is about healing just because of that, because of that drive. Also what you're doing, though, I think, Maisie, is uh, opening up the possibility for for other people mm. who may have been too anxious, mm. you know, or not thought about mm. putting their thoughts into words or paint or mm. craft or whatever to try. And do you get that do you get that response? Yes, I have had that response. I hope that I will be able to inspire people to try at least and focus on the process and not worry so much about the the outcome of whatever they create just because I know how powerful it is. I think it's very important that I am not formally trained, partly because my job, my other job, is that I'm a kindergarten teacher and our kindergarten is in Te Papa and I've spent a lot of time with children in galleries and I've spent a lot of time thinking about how a lot of adults are very intimidated by galleries and they shouldn't be. Galleries should be welcoming to everyone regardless of what kind of education they have or what kind of art experience they have or familiarity or familiarity with the jargon. Everyone should feel comfortable in galleries. Everyone should feel comfortable experiencing art and making art. Because I'm untrained, um, especially with this exhibition coming up at Toiponiki in July at Central Wellington, it's very close to Cuba Street, so hopefully I'll be able to get a few people in to see it. And that exhibition is about using art as therapy for PTSD and trauma caused by sexual assault. And so I think the fact that I'm not formally trained and I have a disability is important to the topic because those things 
affect everyone, not just people who have, who have a fine arts degree. And so I, I guess that's my hope in terms of what other people get out of what I'm doing, is that it's it doesn't exclude anyone and it's, it speaks to everyone and hopefully we'll send a message that anyone sh- could and should try try creating something especially if they if they I mean we all have things that we need to heal from when you are writing or painting about something personally painful to you Maisie at the end of the process is it about is it about feeling better or is it simply about getting out onto the page or the canvas what you're feeling at the time so you're not keeping it all inside mm. I don't think I think very specifically about feeling better you hear that word therapy and mm. the assumption is yeah, I can paint better. a picture and then I'm going to feel great yeah. and it's not like that is it that is a wee bit of my worry for the exhibition and um, I don't think that that will I don't think when people see the work I don't think that they're going to get the message oh well Maybe if I m- make some paintings or smart, I'll suddenly feel better. I don't think that that will come across from the work, but I do worry about that because that just isn't the case. I mean, it helps a lot. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't get some professional help. I also got a great deal of counselling, so it's part of the picture. Uh, and I think especially people who are struggling to open up about things or process things, and that's often not actually a choice. I know from my experience, I learned that with PTSD, you lose access to your speech-language centre of your brain. So I, even though I had always felt like a very articulate person, I found that I was completely unable to articulate what I was feeling and thinking, or, or not even just articulate it. I, I couldn't even translate it from the feeling into what it meant in my mind because of that. And what I've learned about using art as therapy is that when you make art about trauma, it operates out of the part of your brain where the trauma is and we need to process trauma. That's why it sort of lingers in our subconscious. Our brain doesn't feel safe until it thinks that it understands what happened. So it's a danger of repressed trauma, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. It's compounding the damage. Exactly. But, but the other thing that the brain does, which is also very important, is it will stop us from really being able to think about things or feel things if it's too much and so that's a lot of also my experience I was in very deep denial about an experience I'd had for well over 10 years just because my brain wasn't ready and so I started making these paintings well before I even realised that it was about the trauma or that I was in denial or what was going on I was really struggling and I I just didn't know why Um, and so that's why the exhibition is called Where Does It Hurt because I drew this sketch a few years ago maybe three or so years ago that was really simple and quite restrained but I wrote Where Does It Hurt on it and it was a self-portrait and that was a completely 
instinctive thing that I did just because I didn't know I was trying to figure out what was happening. So then, and so a lot of the paintings early on just just came from me needing to paint something because I was struggling. Uh, it was later on that I learned that when you, so when you make art related to trauma, it operates out of the part of your brain where the trauma is, but it bypasses the speech language centre. So you're actually able to process the trauma. So I wouldn't say that art can heal PTSD and that it just goes away, but it makes a hell of a difference. It can get you to a space where you can see a counsellor, which I don't think I would have been if I hadn't started painting initially. Have you felt that frustration that I've heard from many artists with disabilities, the frustration that they feel unseen and unheard, you know, kind of Mm. on the margins or Mm. outsider art or whatever label you want to put Mm. on it, whereas every single one I've spoken to wants to be seen as an artist. Mm. No label, thank you. No artist, no no label required. Yeah, that's a tricky thing. I, I never really quite know how I sit about that because on the one hand I'd like to say I do have a disability in the sense that I want to be visible because I know that so I have cerebral palsy and I'm not sure that I ever saw or met anyone else with cerebral palsy my whole life as a child like I never saw it anywhere I didn't so I didn't feel like I was married in society in any way so on that sense I think it's important to say I have a disability and I'm doing these things but then on the other hand I do I do very much feel like it's not relevant but it is relevant that's the frustrating thing is it is relevant because I'm sure it it influences my work I press really hard when I write and when I paint I there's a lot of tension in all of my work I'm sure that some of that is physically because there's a lot of tension in my body all of the time for me, I suppose I do tend to feel like I'm not reflected in what I see in the world. But I I worry sometimes the opposite. I have a terrible voice in my head that will say, you know, when when I do get things like this award, for example, there's a little part of my brain that worries that it's because I have a disability. And so... That's sort of the opposite, really. That's the opposite issue. I worry about being a a way of people ticking a diversity box. And how do you... I don't know how you mitigate that because people should be considering whether or not people with disabilities are represented. And when I have success in my art, it should be solely on the basis of the quality of my art. What are your hopes for this? I mean, the the money is useful, Mm. of course, but what about for the mentorship? What are you hoping for Mm. from that? I want to learn as much practical skill in terms of navigating the art world that I can um, because I'm not formally trained. Those are the things that I haven't figured out myself really yet. Like I can, you know, when you're learning how to paint the technical side of things you can explore and you can sort of figure it out yourself to a certain extent. I do still really hope that 
the next year will help me to really develop my technical skill as well and I think it will naturally anyway because it always does improve with time and practice and especially if I'm exposed to new people and new ideas at will. In terms of setting up an art career, that's definitely the expertise I'd like to hear about, hear about Julia's um, experiences and what's worked for her and what hasn't worked. When you look at Julia's work, do you see a connection between her work and your work? Mm. I mean, from what I've seen of both, colour Mm. is quite lovely in both of your work. The really interesting thing about Julia's work is that it, in my opinion, it isn't all. It doesn't all look the same, and that it's not all one kind of painting or you know, one style of art. She explores a lot, and I have often found myself unsure whether or not I need to be more consistent. When you look at very well-known artists, usually you could pick their painting or their artwork out of a gallery in an instant because they have a really distinctive style and they stick to it. I don't tend to stick to one style. I paint... My painting process is very intuitive um, and it's guided by how I feel each day, what I need to paint what my subconscious wants to paint and that doesn't look the same every day Um, and I've quite often worried that that will be inhibiting my progress in terms of getting known because uh, my style's a bit all over the place but so seeing someone like Julia who can explore and do what she wants and not stick to one look makes me quite hopeful I suppose. Maisie Chilton's exhibition at Toy Pornaki Gallery in Wellington is called Where Does It Hurt? and it opens on the 3rd of July.